Hey Westside family, my name is Eric Johnson and I serve on the production team. Thanks for joining us for this week's message. We hope you are blessed by what God has been speaking to us through our pastors and leaders, and we pray this leads you into an even more intimate relationship with Jesus. Love you guys and enjoy. Last week I started a, a, a three-part series called The God of Success. And it's basically uh, going into what, you know, the idea, or not the idea, it's wrong, the reality, the truth that God uh, desires for you and I to be successful. We see it throughout Scripture, and, and last week I proved that to you in Scripture, starting, you know, with Adam and Eve, you got uh, Adam and Eve, Noah, Joshua, Abraham, Israel, uh, we even jumped into the New Testament. And if you wasn't here last week, uh, just let me you know say this real quick. The idea of success isn't getting rich. I know that is the idea that oftentimes uh, comes along with talks, books, messages on success. Uh, success is really just prospering the way God wants you to prosper. It's, it's really about achieving. It's achieving what God has purposed you to achieve, what God is putting to your heart. So that means to prosper in your family. It means to prosper in your marriage, on your job, in your finances, with your health, uh, with your, your dreams and your passions. So it's really about achieving what God desires and purposed you to achieve. Does that make sense? So it's not a get-rich uh, give a little bit and get a lot back from God kind of a series. It's really about God's a good dad, and he wants you to prosper. He wants you to be successful in life. So this week, we're going to be talking about money. So money, natural and supernatural. Now, I'm, I'm really cautious on this specific topic uh, because I don't want to be taken out of context and accused of of. of you know, teaching the wrong way. Uh, sometimes I could care less. I don't care if you take me out of context and or, or, or not. Uh, you know, I know what I mean, and I know my heart behind it, and I'm, I'm pure of heart. Uh, but uh, this particular topic, I do care, simply because of its nature within church. Uh, this particular topic has been used and abused. It has been used to manipulate people. It has been used to make people rich. Uh, it has been used to control people. Uh, and so I'm, I'm extremely cautious on this kind of topic because my heart is to minister truth. Uh, my number one priority in ministry is to help people. Uh, it, it's not to say anything or to do anything that is opposite of that. And so that's why I'm really cautious when it comes to this topic because I would never want to be labeled as some as a money-hungry pastor or preacher or someone who uses uh, biblical topics on money to manipulate or to get more out of people. And I think I've done a pretty good job here. Uh, this is my third specific message on, on, on this topic since I've been here. And I've been here in Wasco uh, as the lead pastor here for uh, eight years. That doesn't mean I haven't alluded to this or I haven't, you know, mentioned it or I had other people share things uh, during offering time, we have. But as far as me coming to you, teaching you a message on it, uh, this is my third time. So I think it, I have a pretty good record of not pounding and grounding you 
when it comes to the topic of money, giving, tithing, and so forth. But yet, when you consider success, when you consider prospering according to God's way and God's will, there is no way to not look at what we're going to be talking about it when you're considering prospering and success. Because us prospering and us being successful is tied to money and what we do with our money. That's why I say it's natural and it's supernatural. Because when you look at money in the Bible, uh, you see it as being multidimensional. You see it on a natural plane, which we call horizontal, and you see it on a supernatural plane, which we call vertical. So we as human beings in the natural world, just the natural world, we are horizontal beings. But when you bring God into our life, now we become vertical. And money in Scripture is on a natural plane, but it's also on a supernatural plane. So the natural dimension of money has to do with what we do on earth, how we need it to live, how we need it to eat, how we need it to play. But then when you dive into Scripture and you see the effects of how money, uh, the effects of money when it's used scripturally, you see it trans transitions from natural to supernatural because of the faith involved in it, uh, the obedience involved with, with it, and the supernatural blessings that comes to us when we operate according to God's scripture uh, with our money. Now, in the Bible, when you really start talking about money, there's two areas. There's the area of what we call offering, and there's the area of what we call tithing. Uh, today we're going to hone in on tithing. What's the difference in the two if you don't know? An offering is just something you spontaneously give. Uh, it's just God puts some, something on your heart. We take a special offering, uh, and you just give toward it. There's no distinct amount or percentage that's associated with offering. It can be one penny. It can be a $10,000. Uh, it's just a gift that you give uh, for the sake of ministry or for the sake of in a need that might be before you. Then we come into tithing, and the actual word tithing means ten, ten, tenth. And the Bible teaches us, and I'm not, I have other scriptures to read, so I'm not going to read what I'm going to paraphrase, but the Bible teaches us to give 10% or to give a tithe of our income. And the reason it says tithe is because it's 10% of our income. So if someone isn't given 10%, then they're just giving an offering. But today we're going to hone in on tithing. And the reason uh, I'm honing in on this is because I feel led to, number one, uh, but also because of what it actually does for you and what it does uh, for the church. Now, the topic of tithing is very controversial. Money is controversial, but tithing is even more controversial. And there's a couple reasons for this. One of those being the use and abuse of it. Again, the topic of money has been used and abused in the church. And 
the topic of tithing has really been used and abused. Uh, it has been used as a topic, again, to manipulate people, create fear in people, to control people. It has been used for church gain, uh, ministry gain, minister gain. And so that's why it has become a very controversial topic. But it also because of where you see it in Scripture. And so where you, you really see tithing uh, mostly in Scripture is the Old Testament underneath the Old Covenant. And so because we don't live according to the Old Covenant, we live according to the New Covenant, the New Testament way, uh, there is debate and there's controversy on whether uh, this command is applicable to us uh, as New Testament believers. And But what we really need to realize is tithing uh, didn't begin under an Old Covenant. Tithing actually began prior to the Old Covenant uh, beginning uh, with Abraham. Now, for me personally, I tithe uh, all, all my... Any income gain that I, that, that, that I receive, I, I tithe. been doing that since I was, I was a kid. I was taught to do that. And then I began to experience the benefits of that. And so my whole life, my whole working life, I started working, making money as a young teenager. And it's just something me and my family, we do. Uh, but the reason, I, one of the reasons I do it and the reason I believe it is, has to do with this passage that... Uh, I'm going to read you, and it has to do with the passage to where you see tithing in Scripture prior to God commanding Israel to do it, and it's, for me, it's very significant, because this is when Abraham, he, uh, he won in a battle, and there's this king called King Melchizedek, and this king was a king that, that, that was also a priest, and the Bible teaches us that Jesus Christ came from the order of this specific king. In fact, this king represented Jesus Christ. So I'm sitting here and I'm looking at this scripture and I'm like, okay, so I see this, uh, I see tithing that was done prior to the Old Covenant, Old Covenant and it was done to a king that represented Jesus Christ who was my king. So for me, I took that as a scriptural uh, directive for my life to exercise tithing, not as an Old Testament command, but as a principle that yields supernatural results. Now, let me give you the Bible verse without me paraphrasing. It's actually in the New Testament, but it's referring to the Old Testament. This is Hebrews 7, 7. For this Melchizedek, king of Salem, priest of the Most High God, met Abraham returning from the slaughter of the kings and blessed him. And to him Abraham apportioned a tenth part of everything. He is first, by translation of his name, king of righteousness. And then also, then he is also king of Salem, that is, king of peace. He is without father or mother or genealogy. See, these are the connections with him and Jesus having neither beginning of days nor end of life. Again, a connection with Jesus. But resembling the Son of God, he continues a priest forever. See how great this man was to whom Abraham, the patriarch, gave a tenth of the spoils. And those descendants of Levi who received the priestly office 
have a commandment in the law to take tithes from the people, that is, from their brothers, though these also are descended from Abraham. But this man, who does not have his descent from them, received tithes from Abraham, blessed him who had the promise. So what we see right here is tithing was done before the old covenant, and it was done to a king that represented Jesus Christ. And it was a king slash priest that Jesus Christ followed in his same order. So for me, that is the number one reason I believe in it today. I don't do it because of the command that was given to Israel, because I don't live by the old covenant. If I lived by the old covenant, as you know, I, I wouldn't have tattoos. Uh, but I don't live by the old covenant. I live by the new covenant, and I live by the grace of God and the grace of Jesus Christ. But yet, we're coming across something that, is, that, that the Bible is, leads us and directs us to do that yields supernatural results. But one way that it has been taught in the past that I, I don't teach it as a specific command that if not done causes someone to be robbing from God and then therefore is cursed of God. And I don't believe that. And there's a reason. So if you was to go further down in this seventh chapter of Hebrew and read the complete context of this area of Scripture, you will come across this verse, two verses, and it says this, For on the one hand, a former commandment is set aside because of its weakness and uselessness, for the law made nothing perfect. So if you just stop right there, you realize that, that the writer of Hebrews, when he says the word commandment, he is actually talking about the law. In which robbing God and being cursed from God, if you don't tithe, is a part of. Then he goes on to say, but on the other hand, a better hope is introduced. Through which we draw near to God. Now this better hope is Jesus Christ. And being able to draw near to him is through our faith in Jesus Christ. So right here, in, a, in the same context of Melchizedek and Abraham tithing to uh, Melchizedek, but so right here in this area of Scripture, it says that a former commandment is set aside. So for me, I look at Scripture, and it's, a directive that what the old covenant commands me to do is set aside for me to do in the New Testament. Because the old covenant command is, is not able to do what Jesus can do in the new covenant. Am I making sense? But it doesn't mean we don't adhere to specific principles that you find in the Old Testament. Because even in the New Testament, Jesus and the apostles eluded to certain principles that we must live by. And Jesus even listed a few when he was asked, what must one do to go to heaven? Jesus listed some of the Ten Commandments. So we know that we can't just ignore it. We have to dive into it and we have to look at it and really see what God wants us to do. So for me, I believe tithing is an act 
that God honors. And it yields supernatural blessing. If you choose not to do it, it doesn't mean you're robbing God. That's old covenant. It doesn't mean you're cursed. You're under the blood of Jesus Christ in which the Bible says in the New Testament, there is no condemnation. There is no curse for those in Christ Jesus. So I am not up here telling you you're robbing God. You're cursed. You're going to hell if you don't tithe. That's not coming out of my mouth. You'll never hear me say that. But I have heard people teach that. And they inflict fear and confusion on the people listening to them. But I, I, I will say this, and I believe this with all my heart because I've experienced it and I've witnessed it. You will not be as blessed as you could be if you do not tithe. The Bible is very clear, and I, 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 don't, I don't have to pull out all the scriptures. You can do, do, do a search yourself on about giving and generosity and what happens when you, when you give. But it's very clear, whether you're giving offering or whether you're giving tithe, God blesses you. And if you don't do that, guess what? You miss out on blessings that you could have. Now, I want us to really look at Malachi chapter 3. And I want us to really get some facts about tithing. And what it really does for us. Because what I'm hoping, if you don't tithe, you see this, and maybe you take the challenge to start tithing. Because I, I ain't going to hide it. I'm not going to lie. I want you to tithe. I'm not up here saying, like, I'm cool if you don't tithe. I mean, I'm, I'm cool with your choice. Like, you, do, you be you, I be me, and, we'll, and hopefully we, get, we, we meet in the middle. Like, I ain't going to judge you. But... As a pastor, as a brother in Christ, because I know the benefits from it, I would wish that everybody would take the challenge and tithe unto the Lord. Because I want to see everybody blessed supernaturally. Amen? Malachi 3.10 through 12, we're going to read all of it, and then we're going to break some of it down. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. And try me now in this. Some version says, test me in this, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. And all nations will call you blessed, for you will be a delightful land, says the Lord of hosts. I fully and firmly believe that this promise is for us today if we follow the principle of tithing. And the reason I believe it is because I've experienced it and I've witnessed it. And nobody can tell me any different. So what does all this mean? Let's just break some of this down so that, that 
uh, I might be preaching to the choir for some of you and just receive it, receive it, be reminded of it. And for, the, uh, for others, it might be some, some, some new teaching or some more clarity on this teaching. Bring all the tithes into the, stair, into the storehouse. So let's just look at the, the, the phrase, all the tithes. All the tithes means the whole 10%. Okay, so there is blessings that come from offering and there is blessings that come from tithing. There are two separate acts that yields different types of blessings. And so when it says bring all the tithes, it's meaning all 10% of your increase that comes from income. It didn't, it's, it's not meaning the offering side because this right here has to do with tithing and the blessing that comes from tithing. So it's, we need to be clear with that. There is different responses from God when it comes to offering and different responses from God when it comes to tithing. And if you want everything that is, God is promising here, it's not going to come just by giving an offering every now and then. It's going to come when you tithe. And tithing is not something you do once a month. It's 10% given from every single increase that comes from your income. Does that make sense? So if you get paid weekly or monthly, tithing is 10% of that. We just need to be clear, all right? I'm just teaching you what the Bible says. That there may be food in my house. Now, see, this is really important. I've had people come to me and ask me, why why tithe? What's it for? What does it go for? So let's jump into the Old Testament. Let's jump into the now. So in the Old Testament, the reason God established a tithe and and he made it a command in the Old Testament is so that his ministry could be supported. So the temple was supported from the tithe. The priest of the temple was supported from the tithe. When he says that there may be food in my house, basically what he is saying is so that the work of the ministry could operate. And that's really what it goes toward today also. That's, that, that's, why it's, that, that's how God uses it today. is so that the church can function as it needs to function. As an organization, as a facility, as a ministry, and for the priests that work within the church. Now, I have, I've had people in the past think that because I'm the lead pastor, I receive 100% of the tithe. That does not happen. Nowhere close to it. You will be glad to know that as a church, every single person, when you combine everybody that gets paid out of West Side Ministries, we we pay salaries off of 40% of what comes in the west side. So 40% of what comes in the west side pays everybody that is getting paid from west side ministries. So that means 60% goes into facility goes into ministry, goes into savings, goes to benevolence, goes to whatever the need is. Now, for ministry does not operate off the same uh, ratios as business. 
Ministry rate operates off different types of ratios because it's just so, so different. A lot of, there's quite a few churches that their operational expense is 30 or 40 percent, even 20 percent. I've even heard that there are some churches that the pastor does receive 100 percent of everything that comes in, and then whatever the bills are, he pays the bills. We, we don't do that. So just know, 40% of your tithe, give or take, it's not exactly 40. If, you, if I want to be real technical, it's more closer to 41. So give or take, 40% is what covers everybody that works for Westside. And we have quite a few people that work for Westside. 60% goes to the ministry and the function of this church. That's good. That's, that's very, very good if you don't know church economics. Now, my dream one day is to drive a Porsche 911. Uh, no, uh-uh, I'm planning, baby. I ain't no dangerous dreaming. I'm planning. I don't believe in fantasy. I believe in planning. When you see me driving in that, park, in that parking lot, that Porsche 911, it didn't come from church tithing. It came from other business ventures that I have my hands involved in. All right? I just want you to know that. I want you to know that. My salary ain't covering a Porsche. Or one day. <laughs> All right. I got to hurry up. So you understand that, right? Like that, that's tithing is to keep the church going. Now it says, try me now in this. Try me now in this. Or other version says, test me. You don't really come across that in scripture. Where, where, where God says, hey, test me. Try me. But right here, God is telling his children, hey, come on. Because if you look at the full context of the scripture, Israel wasn't tithing and God was really mad at them. And if you was to read verses before this, this is where God says to Israel, look, you're robbing me and you are cursed because of it. You and the whole nation. So Israel was what was not doing what they were supposed to do. God was mad at them. But then he was like, look, try me in this and just see what happens when you do this. See, God wants you to tithe because he wants to pour out on you the blessing that tithing yields. And it says, he says, try me, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. In other words, God is saying, Try me in this because I will supernaturally bless you. Supernaturally. I have been uh, on the receiving end of this so many times. Now, when, sometimes when you read this, you can think, man, pour out you know, windows of heaven, such a blessing, not room enough to receive it. Sometimes we can think of like, over, overflowing bank accounts. Like, woo, I'm going to be getting $100,000 this month. That's an overflowing bank account, right? It, it doesn't really work. That, that's not what he means. It really means blessings in a way that's beyond you. 
supernatural, beyond human ability, beyond human deserving. Because God can bless us in ways that we don't deserve it. We shouldn't have received it. There ain't no way those numbers should have added up. But God just supernaturally blessed us because he promised he would do it if we would just honor him with our tithe. That's what it really means. If you want supernatural, like God moving on your behalf beyond you, it comes from the tithe. Verse 11 says, I will rebuke the devourer for your sake so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field. Now, this is directly meaning uh, your work. The work of your hands are where you pull income from. And the, a part of the promise from God when it comes to tithing is not just to bless you beyond your ability or your deserving but it's also, look, I'm going to protect how you make money. I'm going to protect your work. And it's, it, it's, it, see, ministry is very changing. And what happens for us is a direct byproduct of what is going on with you. And... Oh, let's say over the last 20 years, there's been a, a, a couple few times as a nation, we got in a very sticky situation as a nation. Uh, we went through, you know, the recession, you know, uh, around 2008. We've gone through COVID, and there's some things that happened in between then. I can honestly say to you, and me and Lorana has talked about it on a regular basis, that God positioned us in certain places with certain people in certain ways during these times to where we did not lack. He supernaturally took care of us in regards to our work. Supernaturally. That is a byproduct of God's promise for us and for anybody else that chooses to tithe. If you are a tither, and let's say you just so happen to get laid off or lose your job, God will make another means for you to work by, live by, and eat by. He will take care of you because that's his promise to you. It says, all nations will call you blessed. I, I really like this. It's, the blessings that come from tithing, they're visible and they're tangible. In other words, you don't just get spiritual blessings. How many of you know there's spiritual blessings, there's mental blessings, and there's real physical tangible blessings? The nations will call you, you blessed. In other words, other people will see that you're blessed. They don't even know why, but they'll just know that you're blessed. They will see the blessings of God upon you. They will hear the blessings about the blessings of God upon you. You will be blessed. It will be tangible. It will be physical. It will be noticed. And you can use it as a testimony 
And you can use it as a way to bless other people. And then the last one is you will be a delight or excuse me, you will be a delightful land. There's joy. There's joy. There's peace. There's delightfulness that comes to those who act upon or act in faith when it comes to tithing. You'll be delightful. Why will you be delightful? You'll be delightful because of everything that God's doing for you. Have you ever had a season when you just thought God was against you? Like, God, why have you forsaken me? Most people have been through that stuff. Mm. Sometimes you may not look like you're blessed in those kind of seasons. And guess what? We even go through those seasons when we are tithers. Just because you tithe doesn't mean you're exempt from struggle. It, 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 you know, the Bible says it rains on the blessed and it rains on the cursed. Cursed. So, you know, tithing is not an end-all to battle. It's not an end-all to struggle. It's not an, end, an end-all to just going through dark seasons. I mean, it happens. And it will always happen until we go home. But what tithing does is it blesses us even what, what, what it causes to happen upon us is a blessing even in the hard times. Is us being a delightful person, a delightful family, a delightful church, even in the hard times. Because of God's promises coming to pass upon us. Now let me bring this to a close. Tithing can be a process of growth. I have never, ever heard a pastor bring this scripture out. Because they're scared to. Possibly, I don't really know. Because this particular verse can give people the excuse to slowly get into tithing. And most churches need all your tithes. But I want to I want to give you the full truth. I don't want you to leave confused, condemned. I don't want you feeling bad about yourself. So if you was to read the full context of what I'm about to read you, the context is really about giving. But I'm just kind of going to read the end of it. It says in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verses 7 and 8, it says, But as you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in our earnestness, and in our love for you, see that you excel in this act of grace. Now, this is what you're missing when, because I'm not reading the full context of this. This act of grace is meaning giving. If you was to go read verses prior to what I'm reading or before, it's referring to giving. So there's a couple things we get from this. So the Apostle Paul is telling the people in Corinth, just as you excel, grow in your faith, in your speech, in your knowledge, in your earnestness, in your love, make sure you also excel in the way that you give. Then he goes on to say, but, or that's me, he doesn't say but. Verse 8 just says, I say this, not as a command, 
but to prove by the earnest of others that your love is also genuine. So the other thing here is what we're talking about today is not a command, but it should be an act of love. And it's an act of love that can start at one level where you excel to another level. Like, let's just be, like, I'm going to be real with you. We, we need your ties. Here at the church, and I'm, I'm not speaking this message this morning because of this. I, I really felt led to speak this series. But things has been very, very tight here at the church lately. And it's just because of the times that we're in. Like, life is hard for people now. Gas prices is up. Lecture prices is up. Good Lord, I think McDonald's hamburgers are like $10 or something like that. And that is junk. That's nasty. It's not even real beef, I don't think. That's a bunch of soybeans mixed with beef. Good Lord. Sorry if you like McDonald's burgers, but man, you really need to have a real burger if you like that junk. Like, things are hard. I went, I went, I went a while back. I went to a restaurant where I just like single big burritos. I went to this restaurant where at one point these big burritos were seven bucks. You know, I went back. It was $15. It's like, I can make it and I can make it better for $3. There ain't no way I'm going to pay $15 for one burrito. My point is this, you guys. I, I know it's tough for all of us. You, us, the church, it's tough. And so if you're at this level where, like, this is something you really struggle with, I want to speak to two types of people. If, 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 if this is a struggle for you, my best word of encouragement is just to start somewhere. Because you you need the blessings of God on your life. You need the promises of God that comes from tithing. Let's say you just have to start at 2.5. That's a quarter of 10. Start there. And just pay attention to what God does in your life. When the time is right, when your faith is right, when your joy is right, Increase it. Five. Seven point five to ten. Man, I'd do a dance for you if you increase it to twenty-five. I'm just playing. It's better to give something than not to give anything, and it's better to give something consistently as opposed to give something every now and then. But now let me speak to the other side those of you who tithe you believe in this you've reaped the reward of it you're experienced in it I'm saying this to you because I apply it to my own life don't stop tithing just because times get hard 
don't go back backwards in your commitment to the Lord. Don't go backwards in that act of faith, in that act of obedience. Stand firm. Stand strong. Continue giving as an act of faith, as an offering unto the Lord. And I guarantee you this. He will bless you in the hard times greater than you can bless yourself in the hard times. True. So, if you need to just grow in it, just start giving something. If you're already there, don't stop. Don't decrease. Stand strong, stand firm, and continue to experience the blessings of God, the promises of God that we have in Malachi 3 unfold in your life. Amen? Nobody feels condemned today, do you? I hope I've taught you in a correct, accurate, understandable way. Amen. Thanks so much for joining us. We hope God spoke to you personally through this message and continues to encourage you throughout the coming weeks.